we are gonna continue a series uh, that we started entitled The New Normal. This morning, I, I wanna talk about um, how we engage with one another and, and, and how we engage with God. It's, it's fascinating to me how, how things are cyclical, right? We live in this world where things are cyclical. Music, the, the, the genres of music and the style of music, it's amazing how, how it's cyclical it is, you know, and people talk about things being retro. It's just that the, the same things come back over and over again. Uh, styles of fashion, you know, there's most clothing, if you hold on to it, when it goes out of style, if you hold on to it long enough, it's going to come back into style. It, all except, and this is the, the often reference that I use, those leisure suits. I still, I pray dearly that those never come back into style. But, and some of you are, you're hold on, holding on to those in your closet and you need to let them go. But communication. Did you ever imagine, did you ever imagine when you were, when you were, when you were, when you were growing up and you were in grade school and junior high school and, and they would show you the drawings that, that, that they found uh, among the the artifacts of the Native Americans or, or you looked at the, the hieroglyphics that, that they have on the, on the the inside of the, of the tombs of Egypt. Did you ever imagine that communication would revert back to that point? I, I, I remember the first time that I, that I received a text message that said, R-O-T-F-L, wrathful, wrathful. What, what, speak English, right? What does this mean, wrathful? Oh, that means rolling on the floor laughing. And did, any, did anybody else have this struggle? Right? Or, or, or how about this? Have you ever received this one? Somebody, somebody sends you a text and they just, they write the word t time, T-I-M-E, time. Oh, time. You know, and you want, you want to type back 11.40 a.m. And they go, what? Time. You asked for the time. No, time. Tears in my eyes. Air? You need air? No, I'm asking you, am I right? You, really? Really? I, 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 don't, I don't understand this. Well, YOLO. YOLO. And here's the thing, I, I can handle all of those. Let me tell you the one that irritates me. I-L-Y. Really, you love me, okay, but you, you don't love me enough to actually enter in eight characters, right? I-L-Y, smile face, hashtag, you're the best. And then, and then you know what happens? Here's what happens. We end up getting this. It's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. We, we've gone back to the days of the caveman. You know, here's, we can laugh about it, but in reality, here's what has happened. We have become a soundbite generation. And the, the depth of your communication is a direct reflection of the depth of relationship. 
And make no mistake, your horizontal relationships will influence your vertical relationship. And your vertical relationship will massively influence your horizontal relationship. And, and communication is key. Communication is the key to relationship. This is the reason why even in the dawn of creation, when, when God comes to man in the cool of the day, we find that sin, that it impacts communication, right? Man sins. God comes to the garden in the cool of the day and says, man, where are you? I was naked and afraid, so I cut off communication. I was naked and afraid, so I, I hid. If, if an adversary can cut off lines of communication, and create isolation, victory is soon to come. Conquering is soon to come. Defeat for the one who is isolated is soon to come. That's the reason why this, this idea of, of communicating one to another and, and communicating with the Creator is of paramount importance. It's the reason why David made this statement in the 116th Psalm. He, he said this. He says, I love the Lord. I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. God, I, I pray this morning as we, as we take a few moments to consider your word, I, I pray, God, that you, would, that you would speak clearly to us, that you would speak powerfully to us, and that, that we would find an ever-deepening and strengthening communication with you. God, I, I pray today for those that have no communication with you. I pray that today would be that start. For those that have come this morning that are skeptics or seekers, that today would be the day, that this would be the time that they would finally engage in an active conversation, active relationship with you. I pray for each one of us, oh God, that, that our connection with you and that our communication with you would be forever changed because of what you do in us in this moment. And we commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced, I'm 100% convinced that, that my relationship with God, that it is the bedrock upon which every relationship succeeds or fails. I, I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that my relationship with God is the key to healthy relationship, healthy horizontal relationship. Let me give you an example. In America today, they tell us this, that in America, one in two marriages end in divorce. 
That's a startling and sobering statistic, isn't it? One in 10,000 marriages, let me give that to you again, one in 10,000 marriages where the husband and wife pray together every day ends in divorce. One in 10,000. Why? Well, there are, there are several significant factors. Number one is this, God's word tells us that when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else is added to us. Right? When we trust in the Lord with all our heart and we don't lean on his own understanding, but in everything that we do, we acknowledge him. He will make our path straight. I also find this. I also find if I, if I pray regularly with Jody, I have to talk to her about my joys and my pains. I have to talk to her about my frustrations and my fears. This issue of communication, it's a, it's a significant thing. And whether, I'm not, here to, I'm not here to pick on culture, but the simple truth is this. We are living in a world where more often than not, our prayer is a fist bump to God. Because that's how we communicate with one another. We have become a, a soundbite generation. We want to be able to say it in 160 characters or less if we're sending a text message. Twitter just gave us, they just moved from 140 to 280 characters. Wow. Wow. I don't know of any time where I can communicate what I genuinely feel in 280 characters or less. I-L-Y. It, it flies in stark contrast to they that wait upon the Lord. They that spend time in God's presence. They who engage on a genuine and on a deep level. When I, when I was thinking about this and kind of praying about this, I, I was drawn to Nehemiah chapter 9. Nehemiah chapter 9 is... It is the story of the children of Israel. It, it, it is, they have just rebuilt the wall. And after rebuilding the wall, they open up God's word. Now you would think that they being the Israelites, they being God's chosen people, that they, they have followed the instruction of God since their exodus from Egypt into the promised land. But that's not the case. They have, they have drifted very far from the principles of God, from the plan of God, and from the promises of God. So much so, it tells us this, that as, as Ezra reads the law and they discover some of the festivals of God, they discover the festival of the booths or the, or, 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 or the feast of tabernacles, it tells us in Nehemiah, in Nehemiah that they had not they had not celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles since the days of Joshua. And so they're instructed to go out and, and collect branches and, and create these, these booths to, to follow this, this biblical directive. And then they gather together to pray. 
And, and their, their approach to prayer, and again, it's the longest recorded prayer in the Bible. And, and their approach to prayer, it's a, it's a great blueprint for us. It's a great model for us. And so, I want to look uh, real quickly this morning at the four things that we see in the Israelites' approach to God and, and how, how this should influence our approach to God and also be a model for the way that we deal with one another. And here's what we see. Four things real, real quickly. C- communication or, or conversation that has depth to it. Conversation that is, that is connecting. It, first of all, it looks inward. It looks inward. Conversation that connects, it has a heart reality to it. And here's, here's what we see in, in Nehemiah. It tells us this. Starting in, 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 in Nehemiah chapter 1, it tells us that on the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites gathered together, fasting and wearing sackcloth and having dust on their heads. Those of Israel, Israelite descent had separated themselves from all the foreigners. They stood in their places and confessed their sins and the wickedness of their fathers. It, it, it is, I believe that it's significant that when they approached God, it first started with dealing with what was in their heart. Sharing what was going on internally. We don't do that so much anymore. And, and our, our conversation has gotten uh, very, very terse. Um, and it's also gotten very confusing. I, I sent somebody a text message the other day and I told them that I was going to be late. And they responded back with an emoji of a palm tree. I don't know what that means. I, are, are they saying that I'm nuts, you know, coconut? Or are they saying that all is good, that they're sitting down under a, I don't know what that means. Right? A thumbs up would have been better than a palm tree. Right? Or a fist bump. Of course, even a fist bump. Fist bump, I'm totally not sure what that means. Okay, does that mean, boom, we're all right? Or does that mean I'm going to punch you when you get here because you're taking up way too much of my time? Those, those moments when, when, when communication, when it comes genuinely from the heart, when, when you know that, that conversation is sourced in the heart, right, that it originates from the heart, that has a, that has a, a lasting effect. It, it has a, It has a, even a foundational element to it. When you read through the word of God, okay, God's communication to us. The Bible is often referred to as God's love letter to us. It's impossible to read through the word of God and not see the incredible depth of God's emotion towards us. God's demonstration of love towards us. How, how massive his compassion is towards us. The word of God is not simply a history book. It's not simply a textbook. It's not simply a, a how-to manual. It's, it's over and over again. God's expression of grace. God's, God's expression of mercy. God explaining the reality of the rebellious nature of man. And yet, God over and over again showing compassion towards man and talking about this amazing plan that he has for us. 
It communicates to us how God is grieved when, when we walk outside of this idea that he has for us. There is no dismissing that this book is not a book of the head, but it's a book of the heart. And conversation that matters, conversation that connects, will always have its origin in the heart. That's why I'm, I'm convinced that it was so important when the children of Israel, here in Nehemiah's day, when they re-engage in relationship with God, that it starts by looking inward. It starts with the heart. Here's what, I'm, here's what I'm keenly aware of. I'm, I'm keenly aware of around the room today that there are, there are a lot of us that, that there are relationships that matter to us and yet the conversation, the interaction that we have with that individual that a demonstration of the heart is non-existent. Maybe it's never been there. Or, or maybe circumstances, situations have, have pulled us away from that. Healthy conversation always starts with the heart. Here, here, here's, here's what I will offer to you. I have a I have a, a prayer routine. And, uh, and part of my prayer routine is this. Outside of, outside of praying for a meal, okay? and, and if, if, you, if you've been with me, okay, out for a meal and you ask me to pray for a meal, oftentimes the first time that somebody goes with me and, uh, and with, or with Jody and I or our family and they ask me to pray over a meal and I pray, oftentimes they're startled. Because... Oftentimes as a pastor, they expect, a, they expect a performance. Let me share with you, this is typically my prayer over a meal. God, thank you for this food. Amen. That's what you've asked me to do. You've asked me to thank God for the food, right? You, you've not asked me to write a, 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 a doctoral dissertation, right? Then let's be honest. It gets annoying when you go out and you pray with somebody and it's a five-minute prayer over the food. No, you're going... Man, my steak's starting to get cold. <laughs> Land the plane there, sir. Uh, and uh, and I, I do my devotions at home. I don't need to do my devotions, uh, you know, there at Outback Steakhouse. Uh, and so uh, in those moments, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a statement prayer. It's, it's not an engaging prayer. Uh, and I, I'm not interested in, engage, in an engaging prayer with you before a meal. Let's eat. Uh, but in my prayer time, e even in my prayer time, this, for, as I prayed for, as I got this morning and prayed for the day, um, I, I cannot go to God and not first express my heart to Him and praise and adoration to Him and talk to Him about how much I love Him because of the love that He's placed in my heart. So that 
that conversation that connects, it always starts inward. And, and that the model that we have in our vertical relationship, that same model holds true in our horizontal relationships. If, if every one of our conversations began with an understanding of the value of the person or the group that we're talking to, life would go a lot further. Whether it's a, whether it's a, a parent or a spouse or a friend um, or um, a, a neighbor, right, or a coworker, if we start inward and we recognize the value that God has placed upon them, it'll change that conversation. Even when we find ourselves dealing with an individual over a, over a, a situation of frustration. Your neighbor was backing out of his driveway and he, and he ran over your mailbox. How different does that conversation happen if you first look inward? And the conversation starts with a disposition of the heart, not a disposition of the head. How does my, how does my prayer time shift when I, when I start by looking inward before I look outward? And, and here's, here's, the, here's the, the great thing about looking inward. When you look inward, it will always cause you to look upward. It tells us this. It, it tells us in, 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 this, in, the, in the second verse, it says, they stood in their places and confessed their sins and the, and the wickedness of their fathers. They stood where they were and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a quarter of the day and spent another quarter in, con in, in confession and, and worshiping the Lord their God, standing on the stairs. Then it talks about who was there. And then, and then this statement is made. Blessed be your glorious name and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens even the highest of heavens. And, and what happens is this, is when we, when we start with the heart, it will cause us to look upward. And the beautiful thing is this, is when we look upward, we're no longer focusing on, the, on our own faults or the faults of those around us. And then, and then as we look backward, looking inward, looking upward, looking backward. Verse 9 of Nehemiah 9 says this, you saw the suffering of our forefathers in Egypt. You heard their cry at the Red Sea. You sent miraculous signs and, and, and wonders against Pharaoh, uh, against all his officials and all the people of his land, for you knew how arrogantly the Egyptians had treated them. You made a name for yourself, which remains to this day. You divided the sea before them so that they passed through it on dry ground, but you hurled their pursuer, pursuers into the depths like a stone into mighty waters. By day you led them with a pillar of cloud, and by night with a pillar of fire to give them the light on the way to take. It's always good to take a moment and review. 
to remind ourselves of the value of the relationship. And, and when we do this, friends, when we, when we start by looking inward, when, when we allow every conversation, even, even, even in a business meeting, to allow every conversation to start inward, that we value the person more than the product. And we allow God to be a part of every moment as we, as we look upward. As, as, we, as we recognize how God faithfully leads and how he has led us every step of the way up to this point. What that does then is it positions us well to look forward. To have faith for the moment. And to speak strength into a relationship. It's the key. It's very simple. How, does, how do we have conversation in our life that, con, that, that, that connects? How do we go beyond fist bump religion and emoji relationships? It's, it's conversation that connects. And conversation that connects, it, it requires us to, to start from the heart, to look inward. To make sure that God's involved in every relationship to look upward. And that God's involved in every conversation to look upward. And starting from the heart and having God be at the center of every relationship, we can't help but to recognize his faithfulness over and over and over again as we remind ourselves that God is in the middle of every situation that we have. And so when we look forward, we look forward not with apprehension and anxiety, but we look forward with faith. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Are you ready? You are not the only person in the room that is facing a mountain today. All around you, there are people that are facing monumental decisions. In the same row as you, there, there are people that walked in today with a heavy heart. In the same section as you, there's somebody whose bills and bank balances don't line up. Here in the room with you, there's somebody who's dealing with a similar doctor's diagnosis. Sarah, you dedicating your daughter this morning spoke to a number of single mothers that are here today that they can, they, they can walk in faith, they can walk in joy, they can walk in confidence and they can be connected and that shame should be a part of their past, not a part of their present. But there, 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 are, there are ladies in this room that, that they share your, your struggles as a single parent. We, it's, that's, that's, that's real world. See, and then God's word says this. It says that we're supposed to bear one another's burdens. That we're supposed to confess our faults to one another and, and pray for one another that we may be healed. 
That does not happen in an emoji culture because we don't, we don't get beyond the surface to depth of relationship either with God or with one another. And the church has to be about so much more than that. You, as a child of God, you have to be about so much more than that. I understand that culture is pushing us towards less and less conversation, less and less substantive conversation with one another, and less and less substantive conversation with God. But that's not God's plan. And friend, God brought you here prophetically, dynamically, purposefully, God brought you here this morning. Those that are watching via the different social media platforms, God caused you to tune in this morning because he wanted to speak into your life and he wanted to say, there's a different way, there's a better way. I believe this. I believe it's time that we, that we replace a passion for prophets with a passion for people. That instead of chasing after glory, that we, that we connect with God. And that there be a depth and a substance to our conversation that changes lives. One of the One of the biggest challenges of pastoring in the world today is we, we have this ever-increasing, shallow, yet argumentative culture, right? Ten years ago, probably even five years ago, we didn't have this, but now turn on the news and, and instead of having a story reported to you, you have... You have different people arguing about the news, right? And it's that way on every news channel. Go to, go to pretty much any news website, and you know what you find? You find this. You find the story, and then you find the comments after the story. And the comments after the story are, they're gut-wrenching. The, 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 the horrible, awful comments that people would make because they can, they, can, they can throw out these sound bites and they, they can do them with some degree of anonymity. And, and the result of that is we're very protective of what we say. That's what makes, that's what makes fist bump so safe. You can interpret however you want. As a, as a pastor that has to get up and, 
and, and preach the word every Sunday. I, I know this. I know that I run the risk every Sunday of really making somebody angry. Oftentimes, when it happens, it's a complete misunderstanding. And yet the enemy will take and, and will twist those words. And to paint me into something that I'm not. You experience the same thing in, in your world, right? We, we, living in this environment that we live in, it, it's so easy to have our, our words be twisted. And so maybe out of self-preservation, we, we don't say very much. The, the problem is, friends, that has long-lasting negative impact on our horizontal relationships and on our vertical relationships. And it is not God's plan. It has never been God's plan. God's plan from creation was depth of relationship between us and God and depth of relationship with one another. And you'll only experience that through conversation that connects inward upward backward forward thank you for listening we hope you've been blessed by the ministry of calvary orlando we invite you to join us in person at calvary orlando for one of our sunday morning worship experiences each sunday at 10:30 a.m to find out more about calvary please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.